Hello and welcome back to the Battle of North London podcast. I'm your host, Yossi Fraser. As always with me, Avi Grant. And we're here to talk about Arsenal and Spurs' games. And for the first time ever since game week one, Arsenal and Spurs have both won. Actually amazing. It's a, it's a pretty embarrassing stat for both teams, actually, if you think about it. But just, just wow. Yeah, it's a pretty mental that we've gone 25 weeks and neither team can win. And suddenly it's happened and... And one could say one deserved it and one team didn't. Um, but uh, both teams did end up winning. Um, and it's and it's the first week back after the winter break. So maybe maybe it's it's uh, it's a new teams. We're reborn rebuilding teams, reborn teams. Now that the new winter break is finally over, um, even though no one really figured out what the purpose ended up being. It was just like have a week off, sort of, but only some of you get this week off and some of you get next week off. Um, but, yeah, it was a bit of an odd winter break, but it happens. Um, I don't know if managers have really seen an improvement, but for me, Arsenal definitely improved. Um, but uh, let's start, though, with the Spurs-Villa game, as it was the earlier game on the Sunday. Um, I thought, I think it's fair to say, Villa were amazing, weren't they? <laughs> Um, can you say that? I don't know. But why they? Re- I I don't know. It was a, it was a very, um, very entertaining game. I think you could say for, if you're a neutral, it was quite stressful for a Tottenham fan. Um, we went one we nil up. I think we did. No, we went we went we went one nil down. Oh my god. Um, then we got it back. Yeah. No, you, I get it. You got confused because I suppose players scored, but yeah, that's I thought scored in oh. both ends. Poor Toby. Um, Overall, a very sort of mixed performance, but the scenes at the end were it's all, all worth it. Um, on Toby, Alderweireld, you can we can uh, I think I, I'm I'm prepared to give him a pass for this week performance, considering um, he did have a kid this week um, and uh, Muzzle Top. Um, <laughs> he just he had, he had a kid. Uh, this is the, I love I love about this story. He had a kid nine months and five days after um, that night in Amsterdam, um, and so I think we can imagine. What uh what how that happened? Um, so to me, yeah. to me that just shows how he how unloyal he is to Ajax. Just the club <laughs> gave him everything, and he he is so happy to see them knocked out. It just shows incredible, <laughs> disgusting human being. I think it's fair to say. That, that's a way to phrase it. Sure, sure. Um, as you can imagine him, Toby, Toby getting home happy after we beat Ajax, and just never mind. Um, yeah, on the game, on the game, we're getting distracted about Toby Alderweireld's sex life, which I'm sure is wonderful. Um, <laughs> um, Son, you admit, here's the story of the game. Um, he scored twice, had missed a penalty, scored the rebound. Um, turns out he was playing the entire game with a, bro- a fractured arm, um, which you think about it is is just phenomenal. Um, he scored twice, scored the late goal. He should, he had a bunch of chances as well. That he should have scored. Um, as did Delhi had a bunch of chances, which oh god, with it was a if you looked if you ignored everything about the, all the massive chance, shots we missed, creating chances we were going really well, doing quite well, uh, counter attacking fairly well. Uh, it was it was a fairly I don't know if if we had a striker who could who could score goals, um, that would be beautiful. Um, and if we had a striker at all now now that now that we know Son's injured, um, 
we'd be in a much better position coming coming with the game on on Wednesday. Um, but I think it's it was it deserved three points. You're going to say no. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really matter. It doesn't really matter to me. It, it's important in, in the top four race. That's, that's what matters. Or top five race, which I guess is now a thing. Um, that we are now one point off Chelsea. Got We'll play them on, on Saturday. Um, but it's important three points. And that, that's the big takeaway, I think. I feel bad a bit, though, for Villa. Because I think... Not that I've watched so many games this season. But... Um... I feel like they played really well. They created some great chances and they couldn't really, they couldn't finish them. So you're talking about Spurs not being able to finish their chances. Villa, um, they had a couple of chances. I think they should, they should have scored or they should have played the, they played the wrong ball. Um, kind of, there's a few times it happened and Villa kind of, I feel like they really deserve something. Especially like, if you remember the first game against Spurs, I thought they played really well then. They also went mm-hmm. one nil up in that game. Um, they defended very well. Um, and then it just all went wrong at the end. And to be fair, someone, someone like Jack Grealish, who's trying to get into the England team, and he just kind of he's playing really well every week, and then kind of he just he's just playing with a terrible team, and it's just a bit frustrating because they I thought they played very well. I I, I think well I don't know how much of it was Villa and how much of it was Serge Aurier is a terrible <laughs> right back, so they knew just the possible to Jack Grealish. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, they definitely look to dominate. I'm reminded of the uh, thing I saw on, on Twitter this week. There was a uh, Bayern Munich played RB Leipzig. We're, obviously, we're playing Leipzig um, in a few days. Um, but there was the, the sign they had FRB. Um, they, they used an expletive which we're not, we're not going to use. But that, and that that was pretty much Serge Aurier's uh, footballing philosophy. Um, he doesn't give a doesn't care about the right back position. He he thinks he's a right winger, a right wing back at, at best, giving him a giving him the benefit of doubt. But he, he doesn't defend ever. Um, he he loves bombing forward down the right. He didn't even do much, but I don't know. He's yeah, even 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 as a winger, he's not that great. He's just not very good footballer in general, it seems. Because it was like I felt Villa's tactic was just let's just out tactics burn just a pass the ball down that. Left hand side, and he's he's definitely been he's he's definitely been one of the contenders for for Spurs player of the season, which I guess shows how bad Spurs have been this season. Uh, which all, all your perspective, how, how good he's how good he's been. Um, I don't know. It's it, he's a he's a weird he's a weird the, the phenomenon of Sergio is a very weird situation we've got. Um, it's just it depends what what game what day what he's feeling like what he's having breakfast that day. Um, there's all these factors that we have no control over control over as to how Sergio Aurier plays, um, and he is a mystery. Maybe one day some manager will work him out, um, but he's not amazing. But yeah. Also, I was thinking in a world where kind of now football is kind of everyone's a bit unsure. Like our teams getting away with things they shouldn't be. Obviously, now we see Man City, but stuff like Bar. Going towards one team over another, maybe football scripted, and it kind of looked that way with the Engels mistake. <laughs> he played brilliantly all oh, game, we and then all of a sudden, that's cool. all of a sudden, oh no, last minute! Oh, is it a script? I don't know. It just seems that way, isn't it? Everyone could <laughs> feel that something stupid was going to happen, and look at it. Look what happened. I don't know. I think. We're going full conspiracy mode. We're going tin. We're going tin tinfoil hats. Um, Engels was set up by the CIA, and 
Um, it was, I don't know, it was just a really bad mistake. We're talking about how Son suddenly went 90, 85 minutes with a broken, with a fractured arm. Is he, is he a robot? Is he, I don't know. Who's, who's put him there? Maybe he's... Maybe, maybe. Maybe they're just having to recalibrate him a bit, oh rather than he's he's having surgery. It's just recalibration <laughs> to his um his his, his limbs. <laughs> I'm saying if if we are if we are part of a massive conspiracy, whoever the heads of it can can actually there's terrible people for the amount of pain they're, they're inflicted on, on Tottenham fans. Um, <laughs> if they've scripted from the entire history of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, um, they've scripted the Champions League final, and I hate them for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk about that because that might have actually been scripted. If we're talking about if scripting is a thing, look at the handball. Was it a handball? Was it not? Liverpool VAR this year. Uh, Liverpool, Liverpool are writing the script this season. It seems. Um, so, are we in a simulation? Are we? This, this is kind of the deep philosophical <laughs> discussion you get on the Battle of North London podcast. Yeah. Nowhere else brings you this content. Son is an alien. <laughs> um, the world scripted. It's very. There's a lot going on, and it's a bit like too much to handle now. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think we can bring it bring it back to reality. Um, on the Son injury, just the the big thing which we found out uh, on, on uh, Tuesday. Um, there's different discuss. There's different uh, versions on on the injury on how long it's going to be. The club said it was going to it was weeks. I think there was some some people saying weeks. Um, I think six to twelve weeks. I saw. I've seen months. The, the Athletic said that they're expecting someone to be out for months. We don't really know how long the injury, injury is going to be, um, but still... Well, Mourinho, Mourinho has said it could be the end of the season. You know, but that's, that's the thing. They, they put out that quote, and, and they said that, that, that Mourinho isn't expecting. The, the quote slightly, um, the quote that Sky Sports were sharing is slightly sort of a misrepresentation of what he said. He's, he was asked, like, are you counting on him to, to end the season? And he said, not really. Uh, he's, he's, like, he's not expecting it. He's not like... He's not ruling him out. He thinks he probably could be available for the last few games of the season, similar to what they think Harry Kane will be. Um, but still, though, uh, poor Troy Parrott, right? There's literally... You've had the two top goal scorers at Tottenham injured. Um, and he's still not even in consideration. He's not, in, he's not even training with the first team. What the hell? What does poor Troy Parrott have to do? Jose's still saying he's not ready to lead the line for Tottenham. What does the guy have to do? I know he's been doing some inappropriate stuff on 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 on, uh, on when when he went on, on on international duty with Ireland, but still, that's not like come on, man. He said he's the only striker in the club, the only recognised striker. Give him a chance. He's probably he's just not that good, probably. <laughs> Even if Mourinho's he's not that good, kind of, I don't care. Stop him. Mourinho's just letting him down lightly. Mourinho's <laughs> just letting him down lightly and telling him, "Oh, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet." And then in five years' time, ah, oh, just. It just didn't work out, man. <laughs> He's having all these opportunities. I don't know what... Like, it's really weird. No, you're talking about how Spurs... Spurs used to bring through youngsters. And, um, yeah, and now it kind of... It, the roles were a bit reversed now. Like, Arsenal want to start experience. Spurs want to start experience. And Arsenal are now having to try and rebuild with all, the, with all our youth again. And it's kind of the roles were reversed from however it was 15 well, yeah, years we, ago when to, to Arsenal be, were annoyed when we... Couldn't sign a striker that was a top goal scorer, and when we had like Giroud starting, and it was like he's not good enough. We need a first team rather than let's bring on some random youngster through. It was more we need experience, and now Spurs are like well, at least Mourinho is because Spurs, I think, as a philosophy of a club, still want to mm. say youth. Well, and Daniel Levy definitely prefers the cheaper option. Yeah, hundred um, percent. 
Um, well, to, to be fair to Jose, though, we, we should give him credit where credit is due. Um, and on on the Tanganga, who he's brought through, it's I mean, arguably by mistake, but he did he did give him the chance against Liverpool, which other managers might have not given him the chance. He's of the players he signed. He signed Jeter Fernandez, who's twenty years old, I think, or twenty one. Um, he signed Bergwijn, who's twenty two and looking very very good. Um, we have to give him. Like he, he does have this reputation of not I feel playing. Like, I don't know how much of that was Mourinho. Sure. I'd suggest that I don't think any of that was really Mourinho. Well, ta- Tanganga was because Tang- Tanganga was was he, he, as in he chose to start him against Liverpool. So, so, so yeah, sure, starting him against, sure, starting him against Liverpool was. But I don't think any of the signings are and stuff like that. We don't really Remember know. Getson's just not signed yet, and it's just like I feel like it just seems like. Especially with the stuff Mourinho was saying, I don't think he's going to spend that money on that player. And if he's been given a budget, I don't think that's the player he goes after. Ooh. With the stuff he's moaning about, Bergwijn. I don't think he chose his own Bergwijn. It was I like I'm sure, probably, probably it's it's true that it was he's a long term target of the club. That's that's the way it was, it was presented. As um, they, they found he, they found out he was available this window, they signed him now because he's a long term target. Um, yeah, but I mean, still, give him give him credit, Tanganga. Trap parrot. I don't know what's happening with with the poor guy. Um, never, never going to get a chance by the, look, by the looks of it. I hope he does soon because uh, we could do with someone on Wednesday night uh, against against Leipzig. But saying, I mean, talking about like Leipzig, I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably do go into a little bit more more details uh, another time or uh, before the game maybe. Um, but Leipzig do have zero recognised centre backs coming into the into the game, so it's going to be a team with no centre backs against a team with no strikers. It's going to be an absolute mess. Um, and, and everything's everything's looking good for the, for the mighty Tottenham Hotspur. It's going to be interesting as well because both teams are going to want to play counter-attacking football. Mm-hmm. Yet, yeah, um, it's going to be a bit confusing when both teams are trying to give the other team the ball to come <laughs> towards them. No, I don't know. We we could, we have to turn this. We have, have to make this make, make an actual serious point though. Is that the thing about Son being injured, the thing about Kane being injured, I, I mean, we could, I, I, I don't think you can blame the fitness team or, or whoever like that, but you, who you can blame is this sort this, this situation was foreseeable. We knew that we, it, it's possible that someone could have got injured and we have no, no one. And some reason to a power isn't kind of... No, lots of clubs, lots of clubs, lots of clubs will not have a lot of depth, but the thing is they'll have youngsters they'll bring through to do that. The thing with Spurs is... You don't want to play the youngsters, the youngsters right now. Spurs have got... They haven't really got many coming, upcoming youngsters not in the first team already. I don't know. But not in the first team already. I, don't, I mean, we, 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 don't, we don't know that. that. We don't know that. Um, but there are some players who are doing well who are... Dennis well, they're not bringing anyone in through team, yet. But... We haven't seen... Tanganga was the only one in, like... No. This season, that's kind of no, I come through a uh, tiny bit into the first team. No, it's not true. It's not true. People, I mean, Dennis Serkin, for example, has been training with the first team. If we, we can count Oliver Skip, he's been training with the first team. Uh, this someone called Walcott. he was already there last year. No, <laughs> um, Skip was already there last. Skip was there last year. Yeah, but as in we are, I think we are integrating players. Um, we haven't really seen. I haven't really. I don't know. I haven't been following every single Spurs player and their ups and downs. But for me, the only one I can remember. Who hasn't started a game yet for Spurs and has played now um, this season? That isn't a new signing is Tanganga. Mm. That's the only one I can think of. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know. So. It, it it doesn't really make any sense. The whole like, this whole situation we've, we've got ourselves in, in, in now um, is we've got Levy refusing to invest in a, in a manager, and I, I think we're going to be in this vicious cycle. Whoever the new man, if, if there's a new manager at some point, because obviously Jose will leave, he's not going to be there forever. Um, 
this manager will never be backed by Daniel Levy because of his uh, I don't know whatever whatever his problems are. Um, but it's it's it, this situation was foreseeable. Situation was preventable. Um, and it's Levy has blood on his hands. I'm gonna go there. Levy is he should this entire problem is because Dan, Daniel bloody Levy and we need a striker brings on home. Um, okay, um, <laughs> but we don't know about youngsters and. And we can move now on. Carney brings us on to Arsenal, where we had many youngsters starting this week and many of them playing well. Um, the big one, I think, was which surprised everyone just before the game started was Nketiah started up front ahead of Lacazette after Lacazette's previous goal drought that he's been in, obviously. Comes off the bench, mm-hmm. grabs, um, grabs not the winner, but... Um, Grabs himself a goal. Some horrible celebration. I can't believe it. Someone who hasn't scored for nine games celebrates his goal. I just... It's atrocious. You just... Oh, you hate to see it. You hate to see... That's such nonsense. When... That's nonsense. Um, the, the point... I mean, you're, you're, you're sort of parodying uh, Roy Keane. But if you're going to parody Roy Keane, you've got to do his accent. Um, <laughs> which you haven't done. Shame on you. But his point um, about Arsenal celebrating too much... I think it is... I mean... Sure, like it scored, but like even when Vincent Janssen scored, I didn't think there was that much like insanity. It wasn't like he went. It's not like he jumped over the post, took his shirt off, and everything. No, the, the entire like, team mobbed him. You could just see relief. You could just see relief on his face. I think because they were happy for him, because it's quite a big thing. You want to, It's not happy that we're winning four 0 I don't think it was happy that we oh we're four 0 up. It was just happy for the player that he finally scored. It was not. That was, it, I don't it, think there's it, anything it wrong. It didn't look extreme for someone who's. For someone who should know something about wanting to keep a, key, a team cohesion going, which was kind of his whole thing, he wanted to make sure he wanted to. He did it a different way to everyone else. He would just kick everyone who didn't get along. Um, but he wanted to. You kind of your whole thing is making sure the team and as a leader that Roy Keane is. Um, I think he kind of should see that um, when a player scores, they want to celebrate, especially when they've gone that many games without not scoring and kind of the talks about them being. Are they good enough, Sierra, yeah, or all nope. that? I think it was it was good to see that he scored, and he and I think the players were very happy for him, which was nice to see. But Inketia did start ahead of him and did decently. Um, but the man of the moment and man of the match <laughs> was Bukayo Saka with his great assist. It was a lovely little nutmeg on the whoops, as he called it, um, <laughs> against um, Lazaro, and then slots the ball into Pepe like. Pepe came out with Shell a lot as well that game. It was just it was a great second half performance. Some great players coming out of their wait, shell. Wait, 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 wait. Pepe's been hiding in a shell for the past few weeks. Is, is, is that what we're calling it now? Pepe's been hiding in a shell. Yeah, the past few weeks he's been coming. <laughs> no, the past the past few weeks he's been doing pretty well. Um, he's, he didn't, obviously he hasn't started off the season with the goals and assists. Was he? Was he, was, he hadn't been. Was he in a hibernation? Um, no, he just it takes it. He kind of just getting used to it. That's kind of what happens. I think though every game that I've seen of his, I've just seen moments that he just has. You can just see there is quality there. It's just it's just under a is shell. Is he going to bring it? Is it going to come out of him? Well, hopefully Arteta will continue to bring it out of him because he has been quite good recently. He obviously got um, his goal and two assists. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's it might be his probably his best performance so far as an Arsenal kit. Um, so yeah, that was great to see. Saka obviously had a, had a great performance when he man of the match. Um, Abamyang scored again, first game back. 
It's great. It's just it was an all round perfect performance almost. Mm. Which just we needed something to kind of get us back on winning terms. We've been drawing all our games recently, and this was just. It looked no. Nervy for the first half. That oh, if the, f- f- the second half continues the way it has, we're just going to draw nil nil again. But no, nah, it's just we never looked in doubt. Mustafi played a played another get great game. Just everyone's playing brilliantly. Arsenal in that game and just defensively, we've improved so much, which is kind of a, the the big point I think most people are taking from it, and that has affected our goals recently. But but yeah, maybe. We can push. No, on, on the second point, um, I think it's clear that we have a, we have a, li- a, a, a listener of the podcast in in Bukayo Saka. After I said it, I didn't think he was that good on on last week or two weeks ago, a couple a couple a couple of podcasts ago, uh, I did I said I didn't think he was that good, and he's trying to prove me wrong. So respect for that. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. He was like, oh, that guy on that podcast once said to me that I might not make it, and then mm-hmm. blinder. Yeah. I I'm taking credit. I'm taking credit for it. He's, um, yeah, I don't know. He's not. Uh, he's a. It's an odd player, Saka as well, because he's a left winger almost. But he plays. He's been playing left back for injuries, and kind of. We've already got the best left back in the league. So do we need? It's a bit mm. like he's been out who, who, recently. Who's, that? who's the best left back in the league? Abamyang. Abamyang. He had that red card. So he hasn't been playing the last three games. Um, okay. So Saka has a fill in the role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> left. But no, but people are talking like they could have a good partnership down that left if we've got Tierney injured and whatnot. Um, it's just, just there's some great developing players. Another important thing to talk about in that game was Sebelos started, which was just a surprise to everyone. Like he, that, that, that wasn't the takeaway I got. I, I, the, the, the most important takeaway from Sebelos specifically was that man bun. It looked terrible. Well, what was that? It was it was horrible to look at. It was all greased together. It was he had he had a hair sitting at the back and didn't did it properly. That 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 was the big takeaway I I, I take from the Arsenal Newcastle game. What the hell is Danny Sebelos doing with his hair? <laughs> well, I don't know, but he I, I I was never expecting him to see to see him play another game in um in an Arsenal shirt. Really, I just didn't think they'd want us to play him again. So we we know he's leaving. Um, it's 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 interesting now with Arsenal because. Obviously, Man City situation has left us with maybe top five gets you mm. Champions League this year. Maybe we're still not sure about that yet. So I don't think anyone wants to count on it as just reassurance. But but with Arsenal now, we've got a pretty easy run coming in our next few in our next like couple of games. So it's not until we play like I think Wolves in April that we're really tested. So we got from now until the middle of April, so two months almost. Of a pretty easy run, and I think we could easily win all the games. Like there is, there games we probably should be winning all of. Um, we're home against Everton this week, home against West Ham, Brighton. We've got um, Southampton, Norwich. They're not like tough games to play, so we win that. And top five, top four, whatever it is, um, could become in the balance, especially with how many points everyone else is dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when well, you you are six points off Tottenham at the moment, though. It's not it's not like I don't know, it, all these all these sort of at the moment. Like Spurs were twelve points off a couple of weeks ago, and then take it back to when Jose first joined, we were twelve points as well. These 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 um these gaps and and uh, these gaps and differences between clubs they 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 
they're changing a lot, right? Teams drop points. Chelsea were six points above us like two weeks two weeks ago, whereas we we win the game, they lose the game to Man United unexpectedly, I guess. Um, and and it's one point with a game to play into them. They, I, I don't want to think Arsenal are in a top a top five race, um, but you never know with these like these point swings that are happening, six points to twelve points feel- or whatever. It, it's very much on the table. We have been talking about this recently, and it does feel very championship-like, where all a team needs to do is go on a run to in the season, and they'll sneak into that. Or in the championship, it's they'll sneak into that last spot in the playoffs. Or, but in this situation, it's like they'll sneak into that Champions League or Europa League, to fifth place, fourth place. I don't know what spot um, is Champions League yet this season. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that's kind of like the feel now. It's just going on a run can do so much for you, and it's just. It's a bit like who knows? You can't really assess yet whether or not you are or you aren't a champion uh, in the in the race. But everyone kind of feels. I think f- from everyone from Arsenal up um, feels they've got a chance this season. Just because if you look at those te- the teams that are there, Everton, Wolves, Sheffield United, they're teams that wouldn't really expect it, but they know as well. They've also got that mentality of we can go on a run, and someone and teams above us will drop and and. I think everyone's going to say top three is probably sorted now. I doubt anyone from the top three drops out. Of the I don't know, Leicester, Leicester Liverpool, you don't know. Liverpool, you can get Leicester 10 points ahead of Spurs. I doubt yeah, they're going to Also, point deduction. A point deduction is still on the table for, for, for City after the UEFA ban and, and 30 million fine. That Premier League can still add a separate point deduction and sure, probably a fine sure. onto that as well. Sure, but then fourth. Place doesn't really become a fifth place doesn't really become a thing again, mm-hmm. so it, it's still top. It's like either that is an issue or it's not, and then it's top five. So either way, City's not really either they if they banned it becomes a thing. If they're not, if they if they if they're not banned, then it's a bit pointless. It's still top four, but if they are banned, then it doesn't matter whether or not they get points deduction or not because mm. it will just make the top four still a thing and they'll just drop mm-hmm. out. If, um, if Liverpool could do a thirty point a thirty point deduction, they'd probably still be top, wouldn't they? But <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't go amiss. No, uh, would they? No, they wouldn't. Hmm? They wouldn't. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. They'd be they'd be on they'd be on th- uh, forty six, which would leave them in third place. You heard it here first. You ain't had your job. <laughs> Overrated, Liverpool are. People think they're 30 points clear. Of course they're not. <laughs> Nowhere near that. Oh, Lord. <laughs> but, but yeah, the winter break's over and now teams kind of... This is their push now for the rest of the season. Um, it's, it's the season's... It's very weird. This It just feels like... I don't know when... When when do we start looking at the end of the season? When does the end of the season become a thing? There's 12 games to go. When does it become a thing where it's... Team needs to get their act together? Because There's, there's 12 games to go? Yeah, it feels like we're halfway through the season, but we're, we're twenty six games actually in. Is. Oh my it's god! Just, yeah, it just—it's a very January comes very late. It seems to everyone, um, but Damn. then it and then it's over, and then all of a sudden teams are like it's the end of the season in a minute. Um, so so yeah, um, but um, I think I think we also need to shout out Mr. Arsene Wenger um, <laughs> because of what he's doing now to Man City. And if anyone hasn't heard, um, Man City, um, you know that team from Manchester who spent all that money and all that, um, mm-hmm. they bought all the players, they won the league the past few years, I think. Uh, they've mm. been told off for spending too much money. Um, 
Let's which go. I wish Arsenal Let's Spurs. Go. I wish Arsenal. I wish Arsenal had that issue of we spent too much money. <laughs> <laughs> what I would, what I would do for Arsenal to break FFP. <laughs> um, the point it's about just, Man City. It's just jealous. It's just jealous fans, isn't it? No one mm. really cares about City. It's just everyone who's jealous and they get to spend. <laughs> and then your club doesn't get spent. Um, <laughs> um, I think we can have a, a little moments, moments of moments, a pause, pause for thought. Some of them would say for, for Man City and, and their global fan base, who must be devastated at the thought of not playing Champions League football. We thank them for all their memories that they've given us in the Champions League. Um, and let's just the four three game. What a great game that was! Thank you very much, Man, Man City fans, for creating that. Um, you won't be missed. <laughs> I, I, I think we could. No, what City are actually being banned for? Is this? What City are actually being banned for? Is um, it's it's a bit boring, but it's it's they overstated um the value of their sponsorship deal so they could spend, spend more money because FFP states that you have to have you can't have you can't make make a significant loss over three years of uh, I think thirty mil um and by doing so by increasing their profit their profit revenues um to through exaggerating the value of the sponsorship deal. Then they're able to spend more money when that wasn't really real. Um, it's very complicated because it's, it's yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't sound very interesting. But I mean, it, it, for those who are into it, it's fun. It's it's all to do with their stadium deal and the Saudi mm-hmm. oil money and all that. And it's very like because the club owns the, the club are the sponsors. Yeah, it's yeah. very it's a very odd situation you've got going on. Um, I believe PSG do the same PSG, thing. Yes, PSG got uh, PSG were for a similar a similar situation, but they they, they didn't get a ban. They got um they got a small fine, I think it was. But yet, yet, Man City also got fined. Man City also got fined a few years ago. Yes, yeah, so City got a few years ago. City got a they got a reduced Champions League squad, so they they allowed a couple I think two less players I think it was in in their squad. Um, Oh no, Phil Foden. <laughs> um, but the city, city are promising to fight this. Um, fight this. Uh, they, 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 they seem very, very intent. I think, understandably, um, the, the, the story was they brought uh, twelve lawyers to the court arbitra- arbitration uh, meeting about it. Compared to UEFA's two, they're clearly trying to intimidate UEFA. Um, but they, they did. They, they, to be fair to them, they, they made an actual uh, decent point. Um, was that um, UEFA have have uh, just have proposed legis- the, the the prosecution. They're prosecuting. They're legislating. Um, and they're, 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 the whole case is they're they're, they're, pros- they're they're making the they're accusing. They're making the laws. They're deciding who's right. It does sort of seem a little bit dodgy like that. Um, and there's room for corruption both ways. Um, <laughs> so we, we could be off a, a, a bid off for uh, <laughs> for the head of UEFA. Yeah, Gary Neville. Gary Neville made a very clear point that he thinks. Manchester will just get away with this because of how corrupt both organisations mm. are. Uh, it, it only takes Manchester a small bribe, and and they're safe again from from UEFA's. We hope they do that. I don't know what it is. It's not like UEFA. Or... We, I, I mean, personally, I, I, not only for, for Spurs' benefit and for uh, the benefit of like maybe other Premier League clubs who might care, um, but I think for it is important that we do crack down on these big clubs who can't. So they know the rules. Do apply to them too. Um, like you can't just break rules. You can't just spend more than you earned. You can't um, make significant losses over over every three years. Um, it's important. I like it. I like the, if it happens, then it's good. The, and I know we've had our moments where we discuss it, but I think you look at America and they've got their sports system intact to do that very well. They've got their salary caps and their 
you can't go over a certain limit spending on wages and all that. And it really, really helps their leagues because it makes it so much more competitive. And I just don't know what's with football, but for some reason it's just very dodgy and like people mm-hmm. get away with stuff and it's a bit too too easy to break rules um, and teams have just got away with it. And I think we, we really do need to look at what America does in their, in their sports and why is it so competitive each year that any team can win it. Because the Premier League has that. The Premier League has potential to be that league where... Every team has a chance of going on a run and winning it, and Leicester are kind of proving that. But there's always just, obviously, from a top t- team, I don't want <laughs> competitiveness because I just want Arsenal to be top four every year, like, like we used to. Um, <laughs> Bring yeah, back the good old days. Yeah, like City, this could be huge for English football if Man City, if the FA come in and say, Man City, you're getting relegated to League Two, you're getting a big fine. Because um, it's it's just very odd what then would happen because they'd have the huge stadium, they'd have all the players wanting to leave. They've had they still have the same owners just mm-hmm. in League Two, um, and you look at um, Saracens who are a rugby team who've also had this not, issue. Not the same they've issue. been the biggest team for years. No, but they've been the biggest team for years and they've broken financial fair play Different rules things, and yeah. now they're in trouble. Because they've lost their sponsorships and they've um, they're getting relegated, mm. and it's just how long will it take Man City to rebuild if they do get relegated? Let's say, um, what will happen? Will which players will stay? Which players will go? How much will City be willing to let players go for? Because um, it's impossible for them, I don't think, then to keep up with financial fair play and have all these player wages on their bill and. Um, obviously they won't be able to sign anyone um, but it'll be very obviously it's a, a weird scenario and I don't know if anyone's expecting them to get relegated to League fingers 2 crossed, fingers crossed um, but even if it's just two years even if it's two years without Champions League I still as as, as, as unfortunately <laughs> from, from, from an Arsenal fan I've seen it's, it's difficult to stay financially yep. stable and spend money and have big wages and keep your financials and look at Arsenal we've made a loss We've we've been losing mm-hmm. money out in the last few years, and Man City, if they without Champions League, well, surely Ma- Ma- Man City's expenditures so much 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 more sell. than Arsenal. Arsenal look like look like look like like they're playing a child's game compared to what City are doing. City is splashing money that that's on wages on on all this sort of stuff. And when you lose the amount of money that you lose from get Champions League, it's like seven seventy eighty mil with different clubs. But um, the amount of money you gain from it, to take that out of your of your of your budget and you, and you've got a you, you're getting losses and losses and losses and losses so you have to uh, cut on players' wages you have to I mean you do all this sort of stuff yeah and you look at you look at Arsenal and Man United who who haven't been in the Champions League but at least we've got the income more income than City would have because we've got a bigger fan base and United especially they've got they spend lots of money on wages and somehow stay afloat with this whole um, financial fair play because of the amount of income they bring in from the rest of the world mm-hmm. where City's fan base yeah. um, um, as we saw earlier in the season doesn't exist um, <laughs> people were making sort of different different points out of this situation of um, of Man City firstly because they have no fans it's less fun you can't make fun of any fans of theirs um, but also um, it's revenue there's a revenue there's points of revenue um, 
but there's a, I mean, just to link slightly to what, what Jose Mourinho was saying in the, in the press conference pre uh, RB Leipzig, he was saying that currently Spurs have no strikers, we have no market, we have nothing. Um, the only thing we have is our crowd and our supporters who can push the players to new, le- new levels, basically. City don't really have that, right? So they don't have, if, if they go to League Two, I don't know how much of their fans, are, how many of their fans are going to stick around. I don't know if, if I mean, even if they get Champions League for two, two years, I, I mean, are they going to lose? They're probably going to lose uh, income from 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 global merchandise, right? It, I don't. It, when, when you're not an established club, which is, I guess, um, it, this this helps us establish the big the, the big clubs historically, uh, which I get Tottenham. I'm told we're not, but never, never mind. Um, we have fans. I don't care about that. Um, we are a big club. I'm, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm not blatant in Tottenham. We're, we're a massive club. Um, City aren't really. They don't have the global fan base. City don't have um, lots of things that other clubs have. So uh, these uh, these bans and these fines can affect them more, even if they have the financial backing of the entire Saudi state. Let's be honest. They're they're, they're being used by they're being run by by the Saudi state. So um, like yeah, they, you need the fans. It shows that you need when, if you go to League Two. If you if you get any sort of, I mean, it is apparently it is it is no other relegation. It's either League Two or say in the Premier League. There's no there's no middle ground apparently. Um, so if they do get relegated to League Two, you need the fans. You need some players who are dedicated to stay. You need something. Um, and I don't know. It it it, it puts City in a very very tough tough situation. And if there's more clubs um, who are doing the similar similar things, PSG and the likes, um, and possibly Chelsea, if who are who did break break for. I mean, they they broke, broke FFP. I think it was, or they they bought underage players without the right. Uh, Right, I don't know what they did exactly, um, but yeah, I mean, it would, hopefully this is the start of a new era in cracking down on footballing criminals and financial doping, um, and we see a new dawn, a new day, a new life for football <laughs> um, of uh, of freedom, equality, uh, liberté, <laughs> fraternity. <laughs> I'm, I'm going, going off. For I'm going off. Are you going for a Nobel Peace Prize? <laughs> And, uh, and this will actually lead to global peace. <laughs> this will end all the wars. Just, just start cracking down on Man City, and that—that's the first step. Now, f- f- football's ended wars in the past, mm-hmm. so Did he you just say can't do so again. So. Hero and villain of the week. Um, so for hero of the week, it's a a sad story, but with a great a great um, thing take off take thing to take from it, and it's it's a, it's um it's very nice to see. But um, Justin Fashnu um, is to be inducted into the National Football Museum Hall of Fame. Um, if for who he is, and to understand kind of a bit about him and why. Um, he was Britain's first one million pound black footballer, um, so um, he that was kind of a big step for for in that. And he was also the first and one of the only um, professional footballers to to come out as gay while he was still playing. Um, he did that in nineteen ninety. Um, since since that, no top level player has has come out since. The sad part is that he unfortunately. Um, he committed suicide back in 1998. Um, it's a bit, it's tough. We talk about in the modern game, players that aren't able to come out and it's, it find it difficult and trying to encourage people to do that more and more. 
but it's still very difficult and it's nice to see that he's being recognised for what he did um, and he fully deserves, I think, this induction. Um, yeah, and I think it's just a lot. It says a lot, not only for the black community, but especially for the for the LGBT community. And it's just, I think that's a great story to see in today's world. Yeah, I think that it's a very it's a very important story because it it brings uh, to light lots of issues that are relevant nowadays. So with, with suicide, which is very very recent, and how uh, with the Premier League combating it this week with the players wearing the heads up logos on the sleeves, um, combat, talk, talk, talking about mental health, how important that is, because um, we know how it, where it can end up. Um, then you have the issue of, of coming out as a gay footballer, which is LGBT rep- representation in sport is is. Um, is very 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 small. There isn't there aren't any gay, gay footballers by that I'm aware of. Um, and 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 racial inequality. The first million million pound uh, foot, black footballer. Um, it's a step. As it says, it's a step in the right direction. It, it, it brings forth the plight of uh, of black people in Britain who have been oppressed in many ways and, and continue to be oppressed. And this this is where the next uh, story goes to is uh, villain of the week. Um, I don't know who exactly we're nominated for. Let, let's go for. Um, let's go for Vittoria Guamares. Guamares, I don't know the name. Or the fans of, let's say. Um, I think yeah, they're the cause, aren't they? And and the, and the, and the Porto players and the Porto players, but yeah. So the story, some of you may have seen it. Um, Musa Marega um, was racially abused in a game against Vittoria Guamares. Guamares. I don't know if 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 we have any Portuguese listeners, to tell me how how, how I'm supposed to pronounce their name. Um, but. Um, he was racially abused. He attempted to go off the pitch, walk off the pitch, as to say he say he wouldn't tolerate it, um, which is the correct response. And instead of him um, being backed by his teammates, which what they should have done, um, and what and what people who I mean people who stand up for the correct issues, people who have moral backbones do, is you stand with your teammates if they're facing racial abuse and. That Musa Morego, who chose how to react to that, he wanted to walk off. He wanted he 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 had the right to is his prerogative to walk off, and his teammates shouldn't have stopped him to walk to walk walking off. He said that he's put out a message saying he wasn't he isn't uh, he isn't angry at his teammates or something something on, the, on those lines. But the, it, you shouldn't you shouldn't be telling someone else how to deal with, his, with their racism. And I think that when we had this similar situation in in England, uh, Bulgaria, and Tyron Mings. Um, was racially abused, and he he he, Garasaka made it clear um, that if he wanted to walk off, then the players would have joined him in in, in that active protest. Um, and it's completely unacceptable. The Porto players stopped Musa Marega from walking off when he felt he had to walk off, um, and they should be ashamed of themselves. What I think what I think is sad to see though is the is the officials as well not knowing what the, how to handle it because. There's rules in place that they have to abide by, but then there's also just the understanding of what a player's going through. So he ended up celebrating. What I liked from the story, um, even though it's a terrible thing, was the fact that he he was abused, stayed on, scored the winner, and then was like, there you go, I scored the winner. Now now I'm leaving. (laughs) Um, And... And then he celebrated and got a yellow card for his celebration, which is a bit confusing because people are telling the referees how dare he, how they do that. But I understood from the referee's point of view, they have to go from protocol. But it's just hopefully Portugal, and we've seen lots of uh, lots of countries have this issue and 
Um, people just don't know how to handle it. And I think it's interesting, Fabio Capello came out recently to bring up about racist fans. And obviously being from Italy, they've had a lot of issues and he's talking about how fans need to be banned for life. Um, so yeah, I think it's UEFA have got, a, however much VAR is an issue, um, I think everyone would prefer them to focus on dealing with racism and how to deal with it in modern day. And it's it's just sad to see it's still an issue. But um, but yeah, but thank you so much for listening. Please like, share, spread the podcast in whichever way you can. Um, and I think, and I'll see you next week. Come on, come on.